0: hear that crinkling yeah is that birthday present that's chuny sitting Ah. on top of my birthday present (laughs) oh chuny yeah like as i hit the record button he just like leapt onto my bed and started batting around and like laid on top of it there he goes again
1: (laughs) oh well guys we have a fun little surprise for you today that definitely involves some uh crinkling paper
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: So Julie and I saw each other for approximately, I'd say about four hours, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, <laughs> on Monday, because we were at a, uh, uh, and that's why we drink had a show in uh, Maryland at the University of Maryland, which just happened to be our dad's alma mater which is crazy coincidence. And so uh, our parents came to the show and Julia came down from Baltimore and our dad walked around like super nostalgically around the entire campus for like the entire day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they got there at like noon for a seven o'clock show. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 100%. And mom was like, you know, I'm glad there was a uh, an art gallery because dad went up to the like, um, the like alumni center and like wrote a bunch of letters for them. I still don't know what, letters she was like i'm not even really sure what really happened but he was gone for a while i don't know (laughs) he had like a letter writing campaign during the day too he was very busy but it was funny because so julia i when julia got there she handed me my birthday present and i was like julia that is so funny because i have your birthday. birthday present so i gave her hers and then we both went on our merry ways and so now we have birthday presents from each other that we haven't even opened yet that felt like a fly-by-night quick uh, <laughs> personal exchange and that uh, we didn't even
0: open them <laughs> yeah um so i might have to explain oh a bit okay perfect <laughs> but do you want to yes i can do that i actually so <clears throat> you might have to explain a little bit of mine to to you because i <laughs> kind of don't remember what i put in it <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah i can't remember how this came up but when uh julia at one point was like you know i actually got had this since uh christmas because i just didn't know what to get you so i got you a lot of different things and then when i found the like cat backpack so julia for christmas got me this like fantastic cat bubble like carrier backpack and yeah i remember you saying like yeah that was the one as soon as i found that but so this is leftover from or like a Christmas idea that you had too
0: yeah so there's definitely something in there that I'm Woo! like super excited about um that I got for you for Christmas but I wasn't sure it was going to oh. come in on time because I ordered it from Amazon and it was one of those like Woo! not prime oh, things God, <laughs> so Not prime, the shipping no. was, like not prime I know so the shipping was like you know this will take between like five and like no. 27 days and I was like okay great that like doesn't tell me anything so I I did end up getting it in time but I had already gotten you the cat backpack so I was like well this Yay. is gonna be a birthday present then but yeah the rest of it I like kind of don't remember <laughs> <laughs> what, what, well what should I, I, I open it should I go first
1: selfishly bah, ha, ha. yeah okay let me figure out how to set up my phone so do that it, do it, do okay it. I think that can you still hear me okay ready yes Okay, there's mm -hmm, about to be some mm -hmm. crinkling of just myself opening. Ah, Crinkle, uh, crinkle, crinkle. (gasps) Ooh, I already see a book. Yeah, that's the thing I'm excited about. Yes, yes, yes. (gasps) Oh my fucking god. You guys, this book is called Ghost Cats of the
0: South. I'm so freaking excited. Yeah, it's kind of. For I you, mean, kind this of is truly all all a
1: podcast <laughs> gift. This is for us all. It really. Oh my is. god, this
0: is so amazing. Yeah, it's like actual stories about ghost cats. It's like a whole book. Oh of my ghost god, Juliet, This is the
1: greatest thing that I've ever experienced. Wedding cat. Oh my god, I'm gonna read yeah. all of these. Mostly their cat. Oh my god, I piano cat. I can't even. Oh my god, I'm like too excited for non-smoking cat. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> we're never gonna struggle for
0: content again
1: oh my god you guys okay yeah well get ready to see this at different venture points throughout the oh my god wait since i'm here should i blurb it
0: (gasps) oh yeah okay
1: wow this is just i'm overwhelmed um okay (laughs) ghost cats this is the back blurb Ghost cats, like cats themselves, don't always behave the way we would want them to, says award-winning ghost lorist Randy Russell. Indeed, they don't. Oh my god, I already love this so much. (laughs) Take the graveyard-dwelling butcher cat who distracts victims while its partner, Finger Man, moves in for the kill. That's really terrifying. Ew, I hate that.
0: (laughs) Finger Uh -uh. Man, that should not be a thing. Or the cat...
1: Or the cat from being for, oh the or the cat from before the late unpleasantness whose touch freezes the girl to death on a scorch hot Georgia day. Yikes! <laughs> nice. Fortunately, Russell also knows of just as many helpful ghost cats, like the pair of ghostly felines that alert a trucker to an overturned car and the in- injured couple inside. Oh my, oh God, my God, that's so nice! Aww. And the ancient pirate's three-legged cat who rewards a teenage girl with pieces of treasure and fixes her attitude. Wow. What? And fixes her attitude in the process. Okay, guess, guess this person had an attitude problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like the Oh Mrs. my Pig god. Cats. Yes.
1: <laughs> These 22 tales from a master storyteller introduce ghost cats in their many manifestations and moods. Oh my god, Julia. That is the greatest. 22. 22. That's, that's great. so many. 22. oh my god i didn't even okay what? so here's the rest of this there's already a pin which i fucking love because i'm obsessed with enamel pins and
0: it says good vibes oh yeah yeah that actually came with your uh-huh, um, alien cool. cat so it was like a, a pack of like a had few different university like vibey 70s ish themed like things nice. um so yeah I thought you could have another yes! one for your oh,
1: birthday. <laughs> I love enamel pins okay I'm putting my hand in this bag oh wow the textures in here are just wild
0: oh it's a cool like geode rock <laughs> yeah so that um I actually don't I like kind of have an explanation for but like also <laughs> kind of it's like just a rock it's um so I went there's this really cool store here in Baltimore um, near where I work, called like I'm gonna get this wrong, but it's three words. I'm gonna get the order wrong, but it's like crystals, cauldrons, what? and candles, or crystals, oh my candles, God, and that's cauldrons. Awesome. Yeah, so it's this really cool store where like I walked in, and it's just full of like different like gemstones and like bracelets, necklaces, loose stones. Um, and then in the back they have like um, what are those like? candles but they're like the tall like catholic candles you know they have like either like a saint on them or like some like a verse or like something so they have like those kinds of candles and they have like incense and like different like herby bath salts and like teas and things like that so it's a really cool store and like the two women who run it were like really sweet and like came over and was like looking for and like kind of like talking to me about like you know Kind of like the, the issues that I was having or like the issues that like, I was having. Yeah, I got the issues of like, because I was thinking for Christmas presents. So I was trying to describe like the different people in oh. our house and like kind of like, okay, well, like this person's like, you know, like this, but like has, you know, kind of issues with this and like mm-hmm. that and that. And like, this is the point of life that they're in right now um so like they're really sweet with that and then they had like this adorable <gasps> little cat that oh was roaming God. around the store too which like bring it oh, back around to always
1: bring around. it back around that's amazing
0: yeah so anyway that one i for the life of me cannot remember what no! the stone actually is <laughs> i know but it's horrible. Oh, anxiety well perfect that's all i need to know <laughs> perfect fit <laughs> So I know what it's for. Yeah, she recommended it and was like, yeah, this one's really good for like grounding you and like, you know, like getting rid of nervous Aww. energies and like you just hold it and it's supposed to be good and reducing Oh my God, anxiety. that's awesome.
1: Thank you so much. I also just heard recently yeah.
0: that you're not supposed
1: to have other people like hold, like once you have a crystal, you're not supposed to like let other people hold it because it's like just yours.
0: I didn't oh. know that. So like form yeah, to your energy. like
1: energy, so don't think I'm letting anyone touch this.
0: Well, <laughs> this one's, well, that right. one's yours then. Form, yeah. form it to your energy.
1: Um, also, this cute little ring in here <laughs> is so adorable. Where did you get this? Oh
0: yeah, so that was from when I was in Istanbul. They were having like a like a craft fair, but it was like oh, a women's craft awesome. fair. So it was like all the stands where uh, women run businesses, and they were just they just had like. A variety of different crafts and things and I thought those were uh those were cool so I got one for myself and a handful of others and I will be dispersing them. To people <laughs> <as if these.
1: laughs> no it's so pretty thank you so much it's like to describe it since this is an audio medium here um it's so pretty it's like this little felted well it's actually kind of big it's like a big like half of my finger ring and it's like felted like rose and little uh, other flowers it's so pretty it's like got this cool frame around it too well thank you oh my god i love it so much i also just realized as i'm adoringly staring at this ghost cats of the south book there is an episode of last podcast which is one of my other like favorite podcasts that i listen to religiously um they have an episode called ghost cats of the south and i wonder (laughs) now if they, uh, yeah because really? they do paranormal Maybe I know now I'm like book. wondering if they actually went through this book too so I'm like so excited now I'm gonna go back and listen to that episode again after I
0: read some of these Ooh. well so I just got an idea this has nothing to do with anything that you just said fair I mean what else I doing here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just had an idea since you have uh-huh. that book that I will not be able to read and I have the 14 tales book that you will not be able to read. What if sometimes we do podcasts where we, <gasps> tell, we tell each oh other my, stories? I love that. So I can read a, a 14 tale and tell you all about it. And you can read me a ghost cat story or you can read a ghost cat story. Yes, and tell me 100%. All we
1: should do that for sure. Oh my God. <laughs> so great.
0: Uh, do you want to open your present now? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's do. also, well, I'll wait. I won't say
1: anything. <laughs> Whoa! (laughs) Whoa, that was aggressive (laughs) crinkling.
0: So I can tell right away that this is from Yes, Canada. it is from Canada. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I texted, I texted Julia. That was
1: another leg of the, and that's why we drink tour. We were in Vancouver. And it was actually on Julia's birthday that we were in Vancouver. And so I texted her, I texted you to, to be like, I purposefully waited to buy your present until I was in Canada.
0: <laughs> Canada.
1: Canada on your birthday.
0: Canada on my birthday. Oh my gosh, this Isn't is Isn't that so cute? cute? Some cats. So yeah oh <laughs> that's nice the card is technically from portland i know I how know. dare you <laughs> <laughs> oh but this cat's really cool on the back i like this oh, i want a <gasps> tattoo of this bees knees, yes Industries. i did. that's
1: right i was <laughs> like that's a cool name for a, a wallpaper artist that is
0: that is fun The yeah thing. yeah Get that stuff in the envelope. All right. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. crinkle. Oh, a Cat Lady Society <laughs> patch? Yes. Oh, my God. Is it official? Am I it's in It's official, now, Jules. You
1: have to uh, wear that at all the
0: meetings from now on, but... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all of the Cat Lady meetings. Oh, my gosh. I want Now I want, like, a cool jacket to put this on. I feel like this needs to go on, like, a... Like a blazer Ooh, of some yeah. sort. Like on the front, like the front lapel. Yes. Uh-huh.
1: You know, that's so funny. I actually oh, just good. got myself an enamel pin in, um, I think also in Portland. It's this really cool, like, uh, Star wars E one. And I just put that on uh-huh. the lapel of the, like, casual blazer that my friend gave me too. And I, like, Ooh. love it there. It's so cool. So, yes, I 100% agree with you.
0: Yeah. So, I know no one can see this. And so you're just thinking cat lady and you're like frumpy, but it's not. <laughs> How dare you think that? <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> it looks kind of like a, so it's, it. I feel like this is the shape of um, like a, like a British yeah, boarding school, yeah. you know, like kind of that like shield-y yeah. shape and it says cat lady society on it with little black and white and gold cats all stacked <laughs> on each other. But it does have that very like Britishy feel, which is what I think is making me want to put it on like the front of. of oh yeah, because then
1: it would look like you're in like a boarding school, but for cats. <laughs> but for
0: cats. <laughs> but for, cat, but for cat, ladies. cat ladies, it's
1: the charming cat lady school. Actually, wait a minute, we should write that book. Copyright that shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: we love it. I mean, you, you should because. Okay, great. I'll read it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And a little something, something else. else. A little something else. Ooh. Yeah, really I was pretty. just thinking, it's so funny that these.
1: you got me a crystal too because those are
0: Canadian yeah. jade and no one has any <laughs> idea what we're talking about because we don't <laughs> see them. So these are really beautiful little... Um, earrings, little stud earrings that are the Canadian maple leaf but cut out of yeah Canadian jade. They seemed like your These style really too because I know you
1: like uh have worn glass rings for so long. These kind of like reminded oh, yeah. me of that like whole style.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Lord knows I can't wear anything other than studs. I mean I can but I always forget to like put other things. Yeah, in ears, no so. I have really
1: come to a place where I'm like, you know what? I don't wear dangle earrings. I don't wear high heels. I barely wear dresses. This is just me. This is me now, people.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel the same way. Like, don't expect me to put on anything other yeah, than mascara. Yep, too. Same. Like, I'm gonna get my hair cut like yeah. maybe once a year. Like, I'll straighten it, but like only if yeah. I'm wearing it down. <laughs> and only if you
1: insist. <laughs> and only if you insist. Well, happy birthday, Jules. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank Happy you. birthday to you! Thank too. you. Who would have known that someday we'd uh, have a podcast and be celebrating our birthdays together, even in the same month? Because you technically postponed your birthday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I postponed my birthday.
1: <laughs> Julia's new so, fake birthday is—did so, you say the twenty-first?
0: It's whenever I feel like Ooh, taking a beach vacation. You, what beach are you going to? Um, I I haven't planned it yet. Which is what oh, is. still so, TBD. TVDB Yeah. No, I would like to uh, take a little, because that's, I feel like that's a good 30th birthday celebration is to just go spend like a weekend on yeah, the beach totally. by myself and like drink, you know, like mimosas and like eat all the shrimp <laughs> that I want and then, you know, get like a little bit of a tan and come back and like be relaxed and like, all that right. That sounds amazing.
1: Now. And it also sounds, I mean, mostly just the shrimp part, but it sounds like also the thing that a cat would like to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah you're true. having a cat's birthday getaway
0: i'm just gonna spend a weekend <laughs> a weekend by myself eating whatever i want eating out the and laying out in the sun and not doing anything
1: oh my god that's amazing
0: yeah so whenever i plan that i'm thinking like i mean at this point i would have to go south to get a good beach mm. so i don't know we'll see i'll i'll look up flights and plan it hopefully for yeah some kind of this oh my month.
1: god well keep us posted yeah
0: I will keep you posted
1: when I celebrate <laughs> <for> my birthday. <laughs> I think uh, John and I might go to. There's like a really good hike in Malibu, so we might do this like hike Ooh. that like overlooks the water. And then we are actually going to go eat some seafood too. Going to go oh, eat at one nice. of those fun places on the water. Yeah. Very cool. it's a good oh my god! I celebrate. also just realized yet again we have forgotten to even say what this podcast is. This
0: is paranormal captivity. <laughs> <laughs> if- you have probably figured it out by now, if you thought it was something sorry. else.
1: Sorry! Well, sorry! Welcome, guys! We are celebrating our birthdays, and then also Ghost Cats of the South and Canada, and also, lastly, we do have for you today, we should probably start talking about the finale of The Cat Who Could Read Backwards. Wow!
0: Also, can we talk about... No just kidding. How <laughs> Yeah, no, we're done here. We're done. You give me we're a pre- I morning. have presents we're like, oh, not I got about anything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, can we talk about how there's like no commitment on the part to adapting Coco? You know Coco? that?
1: Okay. So yeah, small, I mean not even really spoiler alert because we kind of had been saying, like, through the other episodes, like, especially last week when we find out that Monty, which I wish I had been calling him this whole time, but someone only called him this in this <laughs> section, which I was like, God damn it, I've been missing that chance. Um, Mont Clemens, the, like, bastard art critic that everyone hates, but and kind of has a soft spot for her um dies who was also coco's owner and so i think i had especially been like okay well i guess like coco is quillerans now but you made the good point
0: to be like well no there are still like formalities to this yeah i mean there's i guess there kind of wasn't really but like it was mentioned that monty has a sister in like some yeah. other state or some other yeah. city and they were like and he was like oh coco i guess we're Leon. you're gonna be sent over there but like maybe you'd rather live with me and then it like was never yeah. mentioned again i was like excuse me was this like written into the will or is and just like stealing this like <laughs> woman's dead brother's cat nope. that she wanted like what I know I was here? actually
1: picturing too which this did not happen but I did that thing when like you know sometimes when you're reading and you just visualize something so hard while you're reading it's like you can't really differentiate it from what actually happened in the book I like so hard imagined just like a split second was like nope this is what happened imagine Quilleran like hiding Coco in his apartment for the whole time that like whatever the, whenever the sister came to like you know clean out montclair's place
0: oh yeah You're like yeah this is my cat no he must have run so away i don't know bye. in my head that is
1: the cat who canon
0: <laughs> i mean it could have happened it's true the sister i don't think the sister was coming to cult. no like, we definitely think, yeah though? like i think everything was getting oh sent to her. yeah we didn't
1: hear anything and i mean i think we're kind of supposed to believe that they didn't have a very good relationship so like she probably yeah. doesn't care like it yeah. probably just was like a slip through the right. crack that like she was like yeah i don't give a shit yeah she was like i never talked to him I didn't right even know yeah, he had exactly but yeah that doesn't really give anything away at the end which also heads up guys the ending is very confusing
0: Yeah, I don't. I still don't understand it, and I still have no idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. We should preface. We should say we do know who actually did committed the crimes, but when the name came up, I felt like Julia because I saw the name and was like, "Nope, don't know who that is."
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I did the same thing. I read. It was the second. It was like the cliffhanger in the second to last chapter, and I read it and was like, "Hmm." This, like, isn't even <laughs> surprising because I have no idea. Although, you this. know,
1: I will say, another thing I will say about the ending is that I felt very vindicated because Quilleran does feel very bad about himself for suspecting Butchie. So it was not Butchie, which I am glad That's about. That's
0: true. And she turns out she to be does. Kind of a hero. In, like, her own special, like, non spotlighty yeah. way. way. Well, should we get into it? yeah we should i forget where we started because i read the first three of these last chapters a (laughs) while ago
1: (laughs) yeah i kind of do too i
0: we start right after montclemon's murder murder Murder. yes you are definitely right about that yeah because i remember that was the last kind of like cliffhanger he perished in a violent way
1: yeah so do we we did we did that's right because we did talk about last time how the police think that he was that think that it was a knife wound that killed him
0: mm-hmm. yeah that he was stabbed in his little like courtyard that you can only get to from the building right that you can only get to from right from the actual going through the house not through really the yeah because the there is so there is a door that goes kind of like out into like a driveway or a back alley area but it's locked so you can't get in without someone letting you in. Which was another
1: kind of clue to be like oh well then he must have let this person in through the back. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay let's see. Was it, it was 12? Do we read
0: 12? It was, so we started on 13, 13? 13 through? Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. The yes. The <laughs> You're
1: totally right because this does start right after Mont Clemens' murder and the beginning of 13 is Quillerin back at the Daily Flexion and it's like everyone filing by his desk, which we get so many times actually. We get Quillerin sitting at his desk and people just like filing past him to be like, so what happened? Tell me.
0: So what happened? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Yeah. I mean, he is kind of in a unique position as the only other person that lives in Clemens. right that is true so people are probably like "Ooh, firsthand witness even though he was not there at the time of the murder he came back to it so he literally has no idea that becomes a thing a little bit later where he
1: starts to wonder if maybe zoe because he was out to dinner with zoe when it happened and then he came home to it Mm -hmm. and at certain points he starts to suspect that zoe might have been keeping him out while the murder was happening
0: Yeah that was an interesting theory because I I feel like Butchie was kind of the like obvious suspect for like a good chunk Mm -hmm. of this book because you know she had like a dumb motive but a motive and was you know had the like the time the ability she was like there for one of them for sure and it kind of like they would have all like tied together in a nice like neat little bow yeah, if it had yeah. been her but then I thought it was interesting when and kind of like turned that as like well maybe Butchie did it but like it could have been Zoe
1: right as
0: like the mastermind behind it like Butchie's motive could have been like just Zoe ordering right. her around and
1: that's true and they, he does make the point that as far as he can tell at the time butchie is the only one who really does have a connection to each of the murders because they're so specific they're not just like general to the art world it's like she had a specific or could be seen as having a specific motive for each one of them
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: so i think most of what i'm seeing in chapter 13 is quiller in at the press club and talking to arch and um the police reporter or the crimes reporter guy and they kind of ask him about Coco and about, you know, how the cat's doing and and saying, like, oh, he's doing fine, but he's kind of, like, you know, antsy, and he's kind of, like, walking everywhere and, you know, unsettled, which, obviously, sure, you would be.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. And we get, like, a good number of Coco clues
1: in this section. I feel I like he did a good yeah, job. Yeah, you know, like I I feel like I said this in another episode, but I really, I feel like this book was so well put together. I just wish I that the, like, That the there it had been a little more satisfying. The person who actually did all of it, Mm -hmm. how it all came together. But yeah, we get so much like we get so much murder, we get so much cocoa, you know, sleuthing. We get so many like mysteries and clues and diversions. Like I feel like this one has a little bit more going on than some of the other books. But yeah, it has a little bit of a
0: just it didn't come together at the end. A bummer at the end. But you know, I feel like that's kind of a little bit of a theme you think so with these books yeah i feel like that's been a complaint of ours before like we get to the end and we're like oh well yeah i we guess it's true <laughs> you know and like it's it's gotten better like i think it's gotten better like jillian jackson <laughs> lillian, <Yeah>. lillian, Jackson. <laughs> wow you can't even remember the name of the author <laughs> i can't, can't even remember the name of the author oh, no um yeah i feel like lillian jackson brown has gotten better at like wrapping things up and like closing out all of the little stories that she has but this one I definitely don't think she she did a great job like fully wrapping wrapping it all up
1: so I guess the other thing I was just scrolling through chapter 13 here um, the other thing that happens is that Quillaran comes home and can't find Coco and is like searching everywhere and Mm -hmm. then finds him Mm -hmm. just which this has happened to me him just staring down at Quilleran from the top of the refrigerator
0: oh yeah that's totally oh, happened yep. to you. and it
1: was kind of sad because I guess he had uh, brought Coco to his apartment and Coco was on Quillerin's refrigerator which is where he also used to sleep in Mont Clemens apartment and so he was just like sitting Aww. on the fridge kind of being like where's my bed <laughs> and so they oh this is what happens next that's right because that leads to them going back into Mont Clemens apartment to get coco's cat bed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then coco starts like kind of rustling around by uh i think it's behind a painting but it seems like it's a like a closet
0: door yeah i think it was like a painting hanging like over a closet yeah. door
1: maybe but it doesn't look like a door like coco's scratching at the like bottom of it and that's how Quillerin is mm-hmm. like oh wait this is a door or is that a different time because there were two different
0: times two different things that coco finds in montclemon's apartment um, yeah, no, I think that was the time because they open the door and, um, Coco is going after his like, right. minty mouse, minty mouse. But that's when Quillerin finds the painting, the secret hidden painting that leads him to start suspecting. Zoe. Right.
1: Cause he finds the other half of the famed million dollar, think- if it were put together, monkey and ballerina. <laughs> still life
0: the, that <laughs> you know that age. one the famed <laughs> one <laughs> yeah so Zoe and her husband had the ballerina half um Mont Clemens had hidden away the right. monkey half <laughs> and it
1: does turn out that Mont Clemens was like had been kind of a sketchy bastard because he had told well Zoe so Quiller tells Zoe and then Zoe is like oh what a bastard because he actually made a secret I mean, not a secret offer, but he made an offer to Earl Lambreth for the ballerina half, obviously without telling him that he had the monkey half. He had already Yeah, found- which is what Earl had yeah. been looking for.
0: Right. And knowing, of course, that it was like a, you know, personal mission of Earl's to find that monkey half and reunite right, them exactly. himself. And like Mon Clemon has it hiding in his closet, like knowing full well that that dream will never come true. Because right. He's yeah, exactly. But I don't think there's anything else. So he finds that. And then
1: that's how he starts kind of getting closer, even closer to Zoe. And Because I think, doesn't he bring her over to his place?
0: Well, he invites her over to oh, authenticate right. it because he was like, uh, this could be, I guess, any <laughs> monkey painting. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should get someone in here to check it out because I have a feeling that it's yep, a yep. monkey painting. Um, so yeah, he invites Zoe over and she's like, uh, yep, that's the one. Yeah. What an asshole. And, but then I I can't remember what happens from there. I know she leaves and Quilleran's kind of like, maybe I'll just give it to her and like not report it. But he does end up reporting right. it to the police as like another clue or I guess like motive slash clue slash I think at this point he didn't like really have too many theories about how it tied in but like right exactly yeah and is so is this where I think this is also
1: where when Zoe comes over um, she also divulges because there are so many times that Quillerin is like talking earnestly with Zoe I kind of forget which is which but I think this is the time isn't it the time when like he kind of he doesn't ask her but I think she kind of senses that he's starting to suspect her and she's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. by the way, here's this other like whole." Sorry, uh, Murphy just hopped into the windowsill, so the blinds went. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, "Hey, that here's this like whole other side of like the story. This story from like my perspective, um, because oh, because Quiller and I think in his line of processing was like, oh, I've heard rumors that Zoe was having an affair with Mott Clemens and that's when she he doesn't Mm -hmm. say anything but i think he kind of like looks at her suspiciously and she's like oh god i think he might think that i've heard that rumor before and so she kind of goes into detail about how mont clemens was definitely hitting on her like was really like set on her being with him but she was only ever like uh she was never attracted to him she wanted to stay with her husband even though no one liked her husband either they're all these like really like non-likable characters i guess like people just like really don't like them <laughs> yeah but as much as mm-hmm. other people didn't like earl Lambreth, it sounds like zoe really did or no wait that comes out later oh shit there were a couple layers to that so basically this first time zoe is like um, so yeah, Mont Clemens definitely wanted me, but I didn't want him. And so I was always really flirty with him because I felt like I had to be like, he was in this place of power. Also, I liked the reviews he was giving me, mm-hmm. but then it does come out a little bit later that her and her husband weren't really actually married for love. They just were, um, Murphy stop. Hey, get out of here. Go on. Now Murphy's messing with uh, <laughs> the gift wrap. no. no. Um, But, yeah, it does come out later, I think, so he does confess that she was with her husband, but they weren't actually in love. It was more like a business partnership.
0: Yeah, I feel like I remember that, too, but she kind of, like, upplayed their relationship with Mont Clemens because that was, like, her excuse to not be with him. Because back in the 60s, women didn't have a choice if a man hit. On them, and so she needed an actual excuse other than "No, I don't like you." Yeah, exactly. I mean, not that not that she needed it, but you know, society right at the
1: time it was probably like safer and more helpful for her to have that.
0: Yeah, so that was kind of her her thing. She was like, "No, I'm going to stay with my husband." Thanks, but no thanks, kind of deal. Like, I'm flattered, and like maybe a little interested, but like too bad I have a husband. Um just because he did have the power to like make or break right and that
1: it worked for a while apparently and then she was saying that recently
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh recent to the story he had like started kind of upping his game i guess and being like no like you really should leave him for me and you know we've been talking about it for a long time but now we need to act on it and she was like "Uh oh that's not good
0: yeah it's not yeah. gonna work anymore yeah and then that led to, you know, her questioning how things were going to work, you know, after her husband was found murdered. She was like, oh, shit, like, I guess I don't have that excuse right. anymore. Like, I wonder how long it's going to take for him to hunt right, me down. Yeah. And I think that's,
1: I think that's most of chapter 13. I don't think there was anything really else in that conversation. I think that was the biggest thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Murphy,
1: stop. Sorry. All right, um, so the, yeah, that is brings us to chapter fourteen, um, where Quillerin. Yeah, what happens in chapter fourteen? Uh... <laughs> Sorry, you sounded like you were like ready to dive in. <laughs> oh, okay then. Um, I do have it open here. Maybe I can look up a little bit. Um, oh, it does start with Quillerin making a date with the two like police detectives that are working the case. I guess the crime reporter is setting that up for him, which they do go to later. That's, like, not hmm. super important, except they do have that dinner later. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say, I don't, I don't think I actually remember Yeah, that it's kind
1: of, there. not much happens. It basically just is, like, another place where Quillering gets to, like, gets to, like, spout some theories that he has, and then it turns out the detectives are, like, really... I think, like, one of them's kind of dumb, and the other one just is very, like... I mean, he's definitely very sexist. Like, he kept saying, like, things about Zoe that I can't really remember because I just was like meh no thanks so it doesn't nothing really comes of that Um, oh the next page has one of my favorite quotes on it that I think I tweeted out Um, (laughs) I think it was Arch that said it newspaper writers reported on homicide never indulged in it (laughs) Um, but I think Uh this is where Quillerin is starting to like kind of look and be like oh I think maybe like Mott Clemens Everyone's going to think that Mont Clemens did murder Earl Lambreth, but I really don't think he did, but I'm going to have a hard time like proving that he didn't, basically.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I remember that Cause in the conversation with the detectives, Quillard was already trying to um, defend Mont Clemens, being like, I yeah. really don't think he did this, and the detectives were like, nope, it's cut and dry, I think he yeah. totally did, and Quillard Quillerin's main thing was no he was on like he has like a rock solid alibi I booked this flight for him he was on yeah. a plane at the time of the murder um so they did some some checking with that and it turns out that he was checked in and on right flight. right so that that was kind of the the clincher for I guess getting getting Mont Clemens off the hook for the first yeah murder.
1: yeah Oh my god, can you hear that? Murphy! Um, oh shoot, where were we? I feel like we were talking about Zoe, but I kind
0: of forget. Um, we were talking about Mont Clemens being uh, exonerated for murder because he mm. was on a flight. Oh, right, 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 right. Which that um,
1: conversation that Quilleran has with the detectives, now that I'm like flipping through the book, actually, this time, or the uh, my Kindle, um, I have all these like highlighted parts, because now that I after I like talked about fake highlighting things, I was like, I'm gonna real highlight things. <laughs> <laughs> and so I really highlighted this one part that I thought was really funny. Quilleran got sassy at one of the dumb detectives that like wasn't really doing much. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them, you know, when they started the little dinner meetup they had, he goes, aren't you the fellow with the cat who can read? And Quillerin just sasses him back and goes, he can not only read, he can read backwards. And don't laugh. I'm sending him to the FBI Academy when he grows up and he may get your
0: job. <laughs> oh, Quillerin. Oh, Quillerin. So clever. So sassy. Such a clever little bitch. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think this was really just one of those conversations that like lets Quiller and air a little bit more of his like, you know, theories and whatnot. And yeah, I think mostly that is what comes of that conversation is they're talking about the plane ticket and the cops are basically being like, well, but like, you don't know, even though you bought the ticket, you don't know that he was like on the flight. Mm-hmm. And so then they decide they're going to look into it. And then they do find out that he was actually on the passenger list of the flight. Mm mm-hmm. Um, which is funny by the end which i guess we'll talk about then but yeah. yeah it was funny like passenger list like seems very old school anyway yeah so they do that they have that combo um
0: yeah so i think that kind of puts cooler on the on the path to uh finding new suspects because the i mean obviously the police were like going all out on the Mont Clemens war path, though Quillerin was like, no, I'm going to find a new suspect. So I think that's when his suspicions of Zoe start.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I'm actually reading here the next thing, one of the next things Quillerin gets home um, from the press club, from that, like, whole dinner or whatever, Um, And he goes home and he actually reads uh, Mont Clemens last uh, it's like a Mont Clemens dictated all of his articles. Hmm. And so he listens to the tape of Mont Clemens last article that Mm -hmm. he sent in, which sounds fucking annoying. I would not have wanted to transcribe that because he like literally like talks out his article. But then he says things like. Delete that last sentence, typist, and put in this sentence. Delete that. No, change this word. It's like you can't know. Just like read me the final thing. Don't like edit while you're talking. That's so yeah,
0: that's really obnoxious. And in a time where they're using typewriters instead right. of computers. You can't just like easily delete things. You have to like white out and like readjust and align your paper and like type over the white out. And it's just like a huge fucking mess. So right. I'm sure whatever typist he hired was like ready for homicide by the end. Yeah. Which Arch actually says at the
1: beginning like this guy that you like technically work with at- in the art department is like a huge pain in the ass and he dictates all of his. Um, he actually says that at the beginning i think he's like yeah he dictates everything and it's like basically a huge pain in the ass (laughs) um but i'm actually realizing i wouldn't have remembered this but i'm looking at it now his last article is actually all about scrano scrano this Mm -hmm. artist and his work triangle artist right the triangle artist Quillerin was like oh he does like Not So the sailboats were different, but then the triangles were the ones that Quillerin looked at and was like, well, they look like sailboats. And everyone's like, no, they don't. Shut up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Quillarin's like, why is everyone hating on sailboats? I don't get it. I liked those. Right. (laughs) These triangles basically look like
1: sailboats. And everyone's like, no, you're dumb. He's like, well, (laughs) maybe not. Um, But I remember even thinking as I was reading this article... Or reading the dictated, like, you know, it goes through the whole thing that that Mont Clemens wrote out mm-hmm. or talked out. And there's a part where he so he's talking about Sparano's paintings that are being displayed at the Lambreth Gallery. And there are a couple parts that he like, you know, basically just talking about the art and then he's like, no, editor, delete that. And then he goes back and says, like scrano's paintings are exclusively at the scrano basically like really almost like marketing copy like plugging it Mm -hmm. like you know these dates to these dates and like only here and for this much or like whatever it was and um i just thought it was really interesting that he was like it was it seemed really clear that he was changing the wording on purpose to be like oh no i need to like drum this up a little bit more Mm -hmm. which does actually come back around in the end
0: it does it does
1: um, and then at the end of this Quilleran is like turns to Coco and is like who killed him Coco you were there tell me <laughs> <laughs> and then so is this actually where I feel like this might be where they find um, the secret passageway to the apartment
0: downstairs oh, to the little like kitchen area yeah kitchen apartment area yeah it might be so I can't remember what Coco was doing that he discovered this like secret door this like secret passageway
1: yeah I'm looking at it now I'm trying to um like I mean Coco asks or Quillarin asks him directly like who killed him you must know who killed him and then it says Coco closed his eyes and uttered a tentative squeak and then I think he just starts moving like he starts walking around and Quillarin follows him
0: yeah but they find a passageway downstairs into this like side apartment i was kind of unclear of like the setup of it because for some reason i was picturing like like i guess just like a staircase into like a basement area but since mont is on the second floor and quilleran's on the first floor i was i guess i pictured it being like kind of on the opposite side of the hallway from quilleran like maybe there were two apartments down there but like one of them just wasn't being used but then like it wouldn't be a secret apartment
1: yeah I don't think it was secret because it was just a secret
0: like stairwell
1: into it yeah I think so I think it was just like because at one point so Quiller and I mean, uh, Mont Clemens mentions this other apartment to Quillerin when he moves in Mm -hmm. and says like, there are two apartments down there, but yours is the only one that's an actual apartment. The other one is just used for storage and like really writes it off as just like, you don't ever need to go there kind of casually. And then yeah. And so I think it's, yeah, I think it's kind of understood that like, but yeah, you're right. It's kind of hard to visualize, Mm -hmm. but I think you're probably right. I think it's probably that Mont Clemens has a big enough apartment in the because he owns the building so yeah. I think he probably has like a penthouse in like even though it's only like you know a couple stories I mm-hmm. think he has like a full top floor and Quiller probably only has like half of a bottom floor. Yeah. And then yeah. this uh, this other apartment is the other half.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: But yeah so basically they quote uh, Coco yet again points Quiller in in the direction of a secret passageway and uh, instead of a secret closet this time it really is a secret like stairwell back down to this like quote-unquote storage area that once they get down there they're kind of like they I mean Coco already knows but Quilleran is like this isn't real like it's super dusty and he's like okay yes yeah, storage but like there aren't really storage boxes here like it looks like a like a studio almost yeah like,
0: and there were paintings in there which I think is what right he like caught his sus- attention and suspicions at first, because he sees like a painting of a robot,
1: right? On an right, easel,
0: but then there are also scrano paintings down there.
1: That's right, he but, does. That's right.
0: They're like stacks of like, there's like the one unfinished painting of a robot on an easel, but then like they're kind of like stacked against the wall are finished scrano paintings, and he's kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, what, <laughs> right? Like, is this. Scrano's studio because he's supposed to be like a famous Italian artist that like ships his paintings over. Like, why would he have a studio here?
1: Right. Or, like, right, why would Lambreth or, um, if he is like all of his stuff goes through the Lambreth gallery, why would montclemens Clemens have so many of his paintings? Mm-hmm. And, like, there's also, right, because there was a, a painting palette too, and like a palette knife that, um, Quiller and you know saw and was like this looks like these paintings are being done here even mm. though it doesn't make sense yeah oh and another detail i'm seeing here too man i should flip through the book every time i'm seeing so many things <laughs> <laughs> um one of the doors in that um under you know other um, apartment leads out to the patio where mont clemens body was
0: found okay yeah i think i did read that and was picturing it but it, I don't remember it like playing into the story that much. I was kind of expecting no, like someone, you know, like the the murderer to like have popped out from there and surprise Martin Cummins. But it did, like that's not what happened.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it oh, like, but you it know doesn't what? play into it. I'm actually seeing here too. So this is the same spot. I was kind of not realizing this, but Quillerin does actually find. So he finds Scrano paintings, but he also finds some paintings that are really similar Signed, O-Narx. Yes. <laughs> Are you still there? <laughs>
0: yes. And who and is he- O-Narx? Well,
1: here's the thing. <laughs> I did, I actually even did, so this book I actually did buy on Kindle. Uh-huh. Um, so I actually did a search Okay. for Narx, for o for narcs for oscar because it turns out oh full name is oscar narcs it truly only showed up in this chapter like this as this being the first mention and i was like that can't be true and now i'm not prepared for this podcast
0: (laughs) really it only shows up in that chapter
1: well it can't that can't be the case though like i must have just not
0: really looked hard enough but I also wouldn't be I mean, I would be shocked because that's terrible writing. But <laughs> I kind of wouldn't be surprised because neither of us knew who Narx was. And that's very fitting if like he wasn't actually mentioned in the first half of the book.
1: Right. I know. We would feel very vindicated, but also we'd feel worse about the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> better about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that if it's truly not a character that we've met before then yeah what the hell is this book (laughs) (laughs) right and what is this
1: ending (laughs) as you guys are maybe gathering we're getting towards the end here and Onark's definitely becomes important later which is why I mentioned it now because I saw it and I was like oh yeah this is like the first mention that like my my kindle found because I remember looking at it and it was like oh chapter 14 and I was like no that's when I reheard the name and was lost like you need to find me something earlier than that Mm -hmm. um so julie and i were you know we were texting a little bit being like well was it someone at the valentine's day party was it someone at the school was it someone at the museum like there were so many people that we met
0: yeah that could have easily been linked to this
1: right like
0: she didn't have to create a whole new character she could have like easily had it be someone that we knew
1: yeah should we just plow ahead and then yeah. spin on
0: it later when we actually can divulge yeah. all the information
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll plow so, through <laughs> I guess we're like kind of towards the like end here because most of what happens next is like Quilleran is trying to write a memorial of Mont Clemens and so it's obviously just like spinning on all the clues on all the different things um zoe comes by again to well this time she comes to the um daily flexion and she reveals another bit of big information which is that earl lambreth didn't actually own the lambreth gallery but mont clemens did Mm -hmm. which is actually a really interesting twist because and it's shady yeah and super shady exactly because it means that that's how mont clemens had been Because Quillern initially had asked her, like, Mott Clemens lives a really lavish lifestyle. Like, how does he pay for all of this? Mm -hmm. And she's got weird and then came back later and was like, actually, it's because he sells a shit ton of paintings through the um, Lambeth Gallery and won't hire anyone else. Earl is the only person who works there. That's why he, like, frames everything himself. Like, Mott Clemens is too uh, shady to hire other people. He's, like, too insecure and nervous because he's having Earl also cook the books which is like a seems like a 1920s phrase that i'm surprised (laughs) i pulled out um and so but earl had also done like he was doing all the accounting and mott clemens would have him like like keep shady books but then Earl also kept a really meticulous accurate account of what was happening accounting wise Uh and so then quillaren was like oh shit so like maybe mock Clemens did really kill
0: earl lambreth because, because
1: that's a huge that's
0: motive right much more of a motive than he had before right i think that was it in that conversation yeah yeah no i think so yeah i mean that's all we that's all we needed
1: yeah yeah that's that's really it um although it was a very long conversation
0: yeah yeah, I mean, I think they just, if I if I remember correctly, I think they just went on and on about how shady it was. Because, I mean, it really just means that Mont Clemens was a 100% asshole. Because, like, this whole book, we kind of see that he's, like, a 98% asshole. But, like, at this point, we're like, oh, no, he's just a 100% asshole. Because the one gallery that he liked, he, like, he owned, you right. know, and, like, the one artist that he liked he was like trying to have an affair with
1: right so
0: like all of these things are like now stacking against him like he had no soft spots in his heart he was just like pure bad guy
1: (laughs) right yeah and uh is kind of like openly asking zoe like so was his which i don't know why he would ask her because it seems like such a thing that she would obviously lie about but he asks her kind of point blank like okay so all of then that means he was just a shady art critic and nothing that he said was true. And Zoe was like, well, no, he actually did have a real eye for art. And like he did, like a lot of what he was saying was actually true about the art itself being valuable or being, you know, one way or another. And then Quillerin does actually ask her like, so are you as good a painter as he says you are? And she actually does say no. She's like, no, I'm not that good, but I will be. And I was like, okay, I don't know.
0: I mean, maybe... Maybe but she still got in not physically in bed with him but she still got in bed with a shady art critic to boost her career prematurely right yeah exactly
1: yeah. but yeah so, so that well, is that. that that's <laughs> like pretty much the end cuz i'm like scrolling through my kindle and now i'm already
0: to 93% so like this is yeah. basically i, mean, I think it. that's that's all the information that we gather cause I like that's another issue with this book is like you get all this Like kind of piecemeal information, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, murder. You don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, because the climax like does kind of happen in a similar way to other books, but it does. It's not quite as meaningful. I feel like because right, a the person who barges in, you're like who? (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like you already feel like the like I already felt like the pacing was a little bit off in the end, where I just thought Quiller and coco were going back down to the basement or back down to the like second apartment. And I I was expecting them to, like, find something else, not, like, actually wrap everything up in that moment. Yeah. But that is kind of what happens, because take it
0: away, Jules. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they, Coco, Quiller and Coco end up back down into the apartment that had all of the Scrano paintings and the unfinished robot. Um, And he gets down there and he's like, wait a second, where'd all the paintings go? And so you could definitely tell that there had, you know, someone had been in there, which is creepy because Quillerin lives there by himself now. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hang on a second, someone else has been in this apartment? Like, uh, hello? <laughs> like, has someone been living here this whole time? So as he's kind of, like, looking around and trying to, like, piece things together and come to terms with the fact that he's been, like, living with this unknown person who's probably a murderer mm-hmm. someone comes barging through the door <sighs> and we get a glimpse of our murderer and Quillerin turns around and is like <gasps> it's Onarx <laughs> dun, 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 <laughs> and we're, we're like, like who the fuck is Onarx, <laughs> <laughs> Onarx! help us Lily and Jackson Brown help us <laughs> so yeah, yeah so it kind of <sighs> so at the end it's like Explained but in like a really terrible way. So when Quilleran's talking to the like his newspaper friends about it at the bar later, he's like, Oh yeah, like I recognized him because like artists always paint themselves into their paintings and he's very square oh, yeah. like a robot. And- <laughs> <laughs> yes. So logical. <laughs> And I was like, okay, but, like, if, you know, I, at the time I was like, Auntie you recognized him from somewhere else, obviously. But yeah. now that we know that he's a brand new character, I'm kind of like, really? You're just going on the fact that he looks kind of like the robot painting?
1: You know what? Oh my fucking god, you're probably actually right, because that would be a way to bridge that without to, like, add it as another clue of, like, oh, this is that person and this is, like, the person behind that. But it's, right, no, it's not satisfying
0: in any way or form. No, it's not. It's just Quillerin guessing, like you're a square person, you look kind of like a <laughs> robot. I bet you painted this robot. <laughs> oh god. Like, that's quite a leap. <laughs> it is quite a leap. I mean, yeah, especially since like the door opened and this person burst in and Quillerin like he wasn't like, who the fuck is this? He was like, Oh. I know 100% for sure that is Onarx. Like, yeah, he couldn't have possibly. It's a new character. <laughs> He's never <laughs> met him before.
1: <laughs> no, it is true. I think he... And then, you know, what happens next is actually pretty interesting. Because then, I guess maybe he could have taken... It would be interesting to know if he said that he was Onarx before or after Coco loses his goddamn mind because we get our first of now we have a couple different instances in which the cats, like, literally take down a murderer. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is our first one of the whole series, because Coco just, like, loses his mind and, like, jumps all over the place and runs around. And I don't know if he actually jumps on O'Narks or if he just is, like, running around distracting
0: him. Yeah, I kind of got the sense that, like, (laughs) I kind of got the picture that it's, like, dark in there and, like, the only light is like the moon shining through the window and so you know like quilleran sees this like shape come through the door and like he steps into the light and it's like oh my god it's onarx and then all of a sudden like a cat comes flying out of nowhere <laughs> and just like claws the shit out of this guy's face like on his way down and then like all of a sudden yeah. coco's gone you know it's one of those like drive-by like cat fly flying yeah. into people instances <laughs>
1: Yes, and, like, seeming like they're everywhere, but they're already, like, gone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's exactly what I'm picturing. So I don't think Quillerin really does anything at all, because before, he, like, Onarx, like, grabs the pallet knife, which I thought those were kind of blunt, but maybe they're
0: not. I mean, I'm sure they could do some damage.
1: Like, yeah, maybe. Um, And so he's, like, about to stab Quillerin and that's when Coco, like forms his attack and then Onarx the the mysterious and robotic Mm Onarx goes down and like
0: hits his head on the table a tile something yeah he hits his head on something yeah I can't remember if Coco does that or if Quillerin did swing something at him
1: yeah, that's true. I think it might have been a little bit of both. Like, yeah, I think he got
0: like effort. distracted by Coco, and then maybe Quilleran swung like a flashlight at him or something like that, and he like hit his oh. head on the way down.
1: Yeah, because one of the weirdest details of this—I mean, okay, I won't say the weirdest, but a very <laughs> weird detail of this book is that Quilleran is like weirdly jealous of, um, or like impressed with uh, Mont Clemens' flashlight. And is like, oh, of course Mel Clement's flashlight is even fancy. It's like, and then there were like a couple, like a whole sentence to describe how nice this flashlight was. And I was like, I don't know that I would be impressed with a flashlight, but maybe I haven't seen a fancy flashlight yet. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You seem very dismissive of that, Julia.
0: (laughs) I mean, the flashlight didn't really play into the story. (laughs) Well, unless he used it to hit him on the head. Except for as a weapon. In which case my description is very relevant. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like a super hefty fly. Maybe it's like a bronze flashlight.
1: That's true. I think it is really long. I think that was part of it, is that it was like a long flashlight. maybe that was part of the description.
0: Mm. It's like a well, like a night guard flashlight. One of the yeah. like long batani flashlights, you know? Maybe like a nightstick
1: one yeah. or whatever they're called. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, so either way, Onark's goes down. Um, we learn later as Quillerin is telling the story again to numerous other people that he um, tied him up and waited for the cops to come. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of it. Like we get the wrap up of Quillerin talking to different people and them kind of like wrapping up all the details um, just by talking it out. And then we go straight from that into Quillerin back with Coco and doing his kind of like natural end of the mystery questioning of Coco like did you actually want to tell me that you know like were you actually pointing me in this direction or like were you just trying to get me to feed you again or you know that kind of thing so yeah let's try to remember should we try to remember some of the details that wrapped up like I remember yeah, which is a bummer that like so apparently Nino Nino's murder wasn't actually a murder like he
0: yeah that was really it truly was a pure accident like it looked like
1: and Butchie tried to save him, apparently, and, like, ran for him and got, like, hurt in the process. She, like, yeah, couldn't she, help him. She
0: sprained her, her wrists as she tried to save him. But, yeah, he really, oh, he really or just... Her
1: flippers, her flippers, as they were called?
0: Yeah, her flippers. One
1: I, of the reporters called them her flippers. I didn't,
0: <laughs> I like, I didn't know fuck? that was slang for wrists in any point in time.
1: <laughs> no, I had no idea. I thought they meant feet at first. I would have guessed, like, feet. And right. then they were like... Oh her wrists her and I was like what the fuck? why are those flippers?
0: <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So yeah, he really just went down trying to save his painting, which is unfortunate for him, but you know oh well. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like a weird like red herring. <laughs> what I are guess? you what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? But yeah, so the first the first murder of Earl Lambreth was in fact Mont Clemens. Right and so we discover that he and Onarx, which spelled backwards is scrano yeah dun, dun, dun. we're kind I of mean, like i kind of scrano it's kind but of, it's kind of scrano it yes. is <laughs> <laughs> it is but um so they were in cahoots, and it turns out monk clemens was the mastermind behind the triangle paintings, but Scrano was the actual painter because Montclemens couldn't paint because he lost his hand. Right. So they had this like whole thing going on where they were like selling these like so called Italian masterpieces for a bajillion dollars, but like, you know, they were working together and like I don't know. It was just it was just a shady business all around.
1: Right. And that when, so O'Narx, so then Mott Clemens' murder was done by O'Narks mm-hmm. because he, so, okay, so Earl, so basically Mott Clemens was on the passenger list of the plane at 3 p.m. that went from uh, wherever they are. Are they in Chicago? Do they ever say? They're, I just always assume it's Chicago.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't remember.
1: Okay, fair. Um, To New York for the like big opening of whatever, whatever gallery. Mm -hmm. Um, But it turns out that he wasn't the one who was actually on that flight. It was Onarx, which is another little like pre nine eleven thing, because it turns out that like they just showed up at the gate or at the airport late, and Mm -hmm. um, Mont Clemens was like, "Oh, just take my ticket," and then. You know, clearly didn't have to show any form of ID. And so then ended up on the passenger list still as Mott Clemens because he had just taken his ticket. Right. And so that was how Mott Clemens had gotten his alibi. He also, I guess, had told uh, O'Narx that he was going to meet him in New York because he had paintings. He had to drive there. But meanwhile, he didn't. So he was telling O'Narx, like, oh, I'll, I'll already be like halfway to New York by you know the time that you're whatever whatever mm-hmm. like there. Yeah. Um and I think the implication was that they were going to leave the area where they were in and kind of like, you know, set up shop in a new place or whatever it was. But then what happened was if we remember the phone call that Zoe overheard Earl have right before he died about the mysterious station wagon in the back alley, it turns out that was actually Mont Clemens' station wagon. And the way that Onarx had, like, kind of become suspicious that Mont Clemens was going to fuck him over is that he was on the phone with Mont- with Earl Lambreth saying, like, oh, I need these paintings shipped to me immediately. And Earl Lambreth was like, oh, I'll just put them in Mont Clemens' station wagon. He's driving to New York. And Onarx was like, no, he should already be in Pittsburgh by now. And so I guess that was like enough of a discrepancy with what he had been told by Mont Clemens that he just was like, oh, I think he's going to double cross me too, especially after he heard about Earl's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that was enough to drive him to actually murder Mot Clemens. But I think also, I don't know that he was like initially planning to, but yeah, I think it's like a little bit self-defense. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I thought Mott Clemens was the one who was planning to kill him. And then when he showed up. He, like, I mean, Onarx probably could have thought that's what it was for and was ready for it, which they do kind of point to because they say that, like, the way that it happened, Mont Clemens had come down the stairs and out the back, like, out through this back gate, or he stayed behind the back gate. He
0: stayed behind the back gate, yeah, he so he was expecting O'Narks, Um, and so he came down with a knife and was going to, like, hide behind the gate and kind of pounce on him as soon as he walked through through. Um, but it sounds like O'Narks like knew someone was behind the gate. And so when he came through, he murdered mott Clemens. Right. Um, but like kind of to prevent his own murder. So can we like really blame him for yeah.
1: that? Yeah, it's a very like complicated
0: wrap-up because it's yeah. like we don't
1: really get a ton of the actual like motivations at the end.
0: Yeah, it sounds like Mont Clemens was just kind of an asshole and he was trying to, like, kill the two people who knew he was a shady asshole. Right. And then it probably is true that he
1: was probably trying to do that so that he could set up somewhere else, mm-hmm. kind of unimpeded.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, so he, like, succeeded on on one account, but then Onarx got, got the jump on him before he could finish the job. Right, yeah. Which they do make
1: a point, too, of, like, it's crazy that he thought that he could do this but i guess like kill onarx because he is a robot or at least a big guy (laughs) um but quillard was saying like it would have worked if he had had the element of surprise which apparently he didn't because onarx kind of suspected maybe this would happen and then once onarx knew then it was literally like an older gentleman with a missing hand against a younger gentleman who is apparently very swole shall we say (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, yeah, you know, kind of came down to that. And so Onarx killed him. Um, and then I guess one of the other clues that we kind of forgot, the we, the reason that they know that, that Mont Clemens was planning on killing uh, Onarx or whoever it was before they knew it was him, is that Coco was pointing towards the cutting board or the uh, magnetic knife strip in Mont Clemens' apartment one of the times that they go up there. Mm-hmm. And one of the knives is missing, which... I guess in anyone else's apartment like if it was if I had a magnetic knife strip they'd be like all willy-nilly over them and a missing spot wouldn't mean anything but it probably does make sense that in Mont Clemens apartment he's very fastidious and neat so one missing knife you know seems like it would make a difference so it turns out that was was that the, that was that the knife that was used to kill him like maybe he had it and then an Onarx took it away from him and stabbed him yeah unclear yeah, they never really say. Like, why don't they give us any more details?
0: Yeah. I I mean, it was kind of just in general a little bit of a messy ending, I think. And also, like, not a whole lot based in facts. I think that's the part that is bothering me the most. Because, like, most of this is just conjecture at this point. Yeah. yeah you know, like, it's yeah. just them being like, oh, he must have known someone was behind the gate because of his, like, cologne or, like, oh, this is Narx because he looks like a robot. Like, right. all of it's just guesswork. None of it's really like confirmed, confirmed. Right.
1: Which is really annoying um, because yeah. we get so many facts beforehand as clues that it's like, because that's one of the things I really liked about this book is that there were so many, like, you know, little details of like, oh, the, you know, different like people yeah, like, what was the detail about like the the paintings that were slashed when Earl Ambreth was killed and like the missing painting and the and then the dagger, the missing dagger apparently like wasn't didn't even factor in at all. Yeah, that was like not a real thing. That yeah. mattered. And like all those people at the beginning of the Valentine's Day thing, like the Hallaay who seemed super sketchy, like they just we never saw them. Yeah, again. yeah, we
0: n- never <laughs> literally never saw them again.
1: <laughs> there were just so many things, yeah, that were like, oh. I wish I knew about that, but I don't. But full circle, even though it was a little bit of a confusing, disappointing ending, we still get the teaming up of Quiller and Coco for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't, I mean, right, like we said earlier, we don't really get any official, like, we don't get adoption papers, we don't get a will, we don't get really anything. But I think by the end, we're kind of led to believe that this is like it, that they're just together now.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, we know from the rest of the books that they do stay together, so I guess it, like, kind of doesn't matter. But if you're reading this for the first time, if you're in 1969 and you don't know that there are, like, 50 other books behind this, then I can imagine being like, but are they going to stay together? We don't know. <laughs> right?
1: Coco could just be a figment of everyone's imagination, just hopping from place to place and helping people solve crimes. Yeah. Or commit crimes. Wait. Wait. Should we ponder the fact that Quiller or Coco initially lived with a criminal?
0: Oh, yeah. Coco could be a murderer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess more realistically, I was just thinking that maybe he like saw the signs of a criminal and then was like, oh, I can think like a criminal now.
0: Oh, yeah, there we go.
1: Learn the <laughs> best. All right. Well, that's kinda it. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Any burning questions?
0: No. I mean, I'm unsatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am glad that we did get to finally read Coco's origin stories. It answers some questions. Not all of them, but no. it answers some of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I I guess I am. I can't decide what I'm more curious about now because we have two cliffhangers i mean i guess not really cliffhangers we have one cliffhanger and like one big burning question so are we more curious about where yum yum comes from right or are we more curious about polly and is she safe from her stalker right yeah because we left that big cliffhanger after the big potato mountain story we did. We sure did. So we don't know in in future quilleran's life, we don't know if his his love is safe. I know that's true. or if he made it back from Big Potato Mountain in time. That's true. yeah, because he wasn't even he
1: was still in big at Big Potato Mountain when we left. Oh, I think I'm more interested in that. and then maybe we could space out like the yum-yum origin story a little bit later.
0: Space out origin stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to
1: save Polly. I know, it's true. We really do have to save Polly. We can't leave her in suspense. Yeah. But, what I think we might do for you guys because we've uh, run ourselves a little all over the place uh, calendar-wise, we're thinking next week we might read a Ghost Cats of the South for you as a little surprise in-between book. Surprise. I already said surprise.
0: Surprise! (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) surprise you're not getting a book next week Surprise! <laughs> well you're getting
1: a part of a book that maybe one of the fun formatty changes is that Julia is not going to have read it so she will be reacting cold
0: it will be a surprise for me it will
1: be a super surprise for you okay now I'm just annoyed with the word surprise
0: surprise
1: uh, <laughs> shut, up, shut up shut up shut up <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll do that I'll pick a, a, a tale from the ghost cats of the south to recount and uh, I'll tell it to Julia so we'll have that ready for you yeah, um, awesome. we probably shouldn't make a uh, any promises on time frame
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, although, so I don't know if anyone knows or even cares Uh-oh. but this week is National School Breakfast Week which means it is the bulk of my work for the year. Oh, I definitely did not know. But um, I do care. Okay, great. Well, National School Breakfast Week. Yay! Aww, Feed kids yay, in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so my actual work schedule is calming down after this week so oh gotcha i see that is saying. what that is what that means oh, the, nice. our big conference is over national school breakfast week will be over and i will have more time to do other things aside from work <gasps> yay so hopefully our schedule can get back on track if one of us has a non-crazy schedule <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah true it has been kind of funny these last couple weeks because it's usually at this point just me that is has been like traveling all over the place and like has a really wonky like non-traditional schedule but yeah these past couple weeks julia's had one too and so we've kind of been like whoa when do we wait it's time to record again wait what are we uh doing when do you have free
0: great the opposite times of when i have free perfect (laughs) meet you next month (laughs) yeah that is true
1: there was one time where we like literally just kept listing days of the week and none of the days matched up like we each had free pockets of time but none of them matched up and we we're like uh-oh
0: <laughs> yeah it's like i'm free monday wednesday friday in the evenings so it's like great i'm free tuesday thursday in the morning <laughs> <laughs> see you never <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah we hope we've kept up well enough for you guys we even though we yeah definitely sorry we've been uh, releasing at little weird times not not our normal time but Hopefully, we've still kind of been bringing you the kitty content you want. Um, and then we will, yeah, hopefully get back on track at some point. Um, but yeah, also, it's been kind of fun to kind of like Gorilla just release whenever we want. <laughs> 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 kind of like Ariana Grande, not to like, shoot our own horns or anything or compare us to Ariana Grande. But we're kind of rock divas, um, you know, in the cat mystery world, I like to think. Yeah.
0: I I think we're the only ones in the chemistry world (laughs) oh god I also didn't mean rock diva that
1: came too soon too fast pop diva (laughs) oh god maybe we should go Um, (laughs) well thanks for listening guys Um, we will be back Um, in the meantime you can find us on social media we're paranormal Pod on instagram and paranormal pod on twitter we're on patreon thank you guys Always all of our patrons. Um, you can find us there just by searching paranormal captivity. Um, what else? Oh, I'm gonna update the Goodreads this week. So we do have a book club on Goodreads. If you want to join that, um, you can look ahead to what we're as far as we've planned, what we hope to read in the future and what we have read in the past. Yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything else? We're looking no. into a PO box, we're looking into merch. So hopefully those two things will happen at some point oh. in the future. And uh yeah, in the meantime, pet your kitties. And I'm petting one right now. Oh, good for you.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you want extra credit or something? Yes. Okay, well, you get I it.
0: want extra credit. I want extra kitties. Oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, well, happy early and late
0: birthday to you. Oh thanks and also to you.
1: Oh, I thank you, thank you.
0: (laughs) All right, bye. Bye.